0: Here's a message from Ken Lavica. The
1: first full weekend of college football is in the books, and there were so many coaches that took a big fat L, including Brian Kelly, college football co- comedian. Joe Rigotti hit the open. On your mark.
0: Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. On ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVecca Live on ESPN 106.3.
1: Why did I almost call Brian Kelly College Football
0: Canadian?
1: That was a great start to the short week. College football Canadian, I do not believe. Joe Rigotti, if you could look that up, just make sure that Brian Kelly is not actually a college football Canadian. He is college football comedian, and he took an L even though his team picked up the W. Ken Lavick alive. Here on a Tuesday on ESPN 106.3, free ESPN app and on your smart speaker, Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29, hanging out after, uh, again, a full weekend of college football. The, the TV guys, the TV people, how much college football do they get to watch during the course of a weekend,
0: Theo? It's tough because we work the weekend so, you know, we're on air, we have to go out and cover events, we have to cover high school football stuff, but... Yeah. When I'm in the office producing my shows, always got the TV on as many games as possible.
1: Sometimes, sometimes it's a thankless job. And you think TV's so glamorous. <laughs> you think Theo with the, the the great white teeth and that perfect television look and that mm. amazing personality. You think all is right in this world, except he's having to grind away on weekends. On Sundays, too, and that's going
0: to really hurt. That's gonna really hurt. <laughs> see. Last year during Sundays, I was actually out of TV. I, uh-huh. was, I was, you know, doing my freelance. Living thing. the life, man. Living the life. Beer in one hand, mm-hmm. chicken wings in the other hand, <laughs> watching all of the red zone stuff. But this year, I'll be working. So, well,
1: we appreciate what you do. We appreciate <laughs> do you the appreciate sacrifice. I do appreciate. It. <laughs> I absent because it's better you than yeah. me. Uh, <laughs> Joe Rigotti, Captain Competent, running things as well. Uh, Brian Kelly, Canadian or not Canadian, Joe. Is he uh, of this nation? I found a Brian Kelly that was a wide receiver for the Eskimos of the CFL. The Edmonton <laughs> Eskimos. Got And that brings me to this real quick before we, uh, we finally get in here to coaches uh, taking the biggest L this weekend. Uh, I have a tie with the Edmonton Eskimos because when I was in college, I had a friend who was from Calgary getting married, so me and my buddies decided to take a road trip from Valparaiso, Indiana to Calgary, Alberta, Canada for uh, this wedding, so we found a bar in downtown Calgary that had a bus trip to the Calgary Stampeder CFL game that weekend against their rivals to the north, the Edmonton Eskimos. I got real drunk on Molson and uh, ended up taunting a group of Edmonton Eskimos fans uh, Mm. after the game Calgary won, and I was on this bus back to the bar and saw this group of Edmonton fans and said, you suck, go Stampeders. I don't know, I can't name one single player on the team, but I'm drunk and I'm happy. It's Calgary. <laughs> so I proceeded to pull my pants down and stick my bare ass out the window and uh, and moon these Edmonton fans. One Edmonton Eskimos fan had a gigantic plastic woovazella, wound up, and hit me square on my bare ass oh. with it and left a huge well. So that is my Edmonton Eskimos story. <laughs> oh God, yep, Ken LeVick alive here on ESPN 106.3. <laughs> so that was me taking a huge football L. College football this <laughs> weekend, there were some head coaches that took some major L's including up in Tallahassee Florida State Notre Dame was an absolute classic I mean that was a game that I did not expect to be close it ended up not only being close it ended up being Florida State really seriously having a chance to win and probably should have won that game then the post game came after Michigan State or Michigan State Florida State misses a field goal and uh, uh, Mike Norvell ices his own kicker. That's an L <laughs> where he proceeds to uh, to miss the field goal. He ends up walking off the field and ABC talks with Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly decides to say the following in the postgame interview. Here is Brian Kelly about his Notre Dame team. Brian, this game had it all. Yeah. What did you think of your team's ability to withstand Florida State's impressive comeback? Yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe, maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brian, well done. Let's hear that one more time because that is him, I believe, paying homage to former Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach John McKay, who in the midst of the winless Tampa Bay season back in the 70s said the following, when asked about his team's ex- execution, he said, I'm in favor of it. See? Good, snappy comeback. This, again, is Brian Kelly's attempt at that joke. Brian, this game had it all. Yeah. What did you think of your team's ability to withstand Florida State's impressive comeback? Yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight. Oh, Brian. He botched that terribly. You can tell that he had been thinking about that all over time. You can tell that he's like, if we win this, I definitely know what I'm putting out there. This is going to kill. This is going to be absolutely (laughs) comedic gold. And then he just butchered it. Absolutely fumbled all over it. It came out really terribly. Now, the younger generation is not aware of John McKay. Okay, They're not aware of... 70s Tampa Bay Buccaneers football, okay? They didn't live in a world where the Buccaneers were the every year the worst team in the NFL. They don't know John McKay saying, I'm in favor of it when asked about the execution of his team. So the backlash was there in typical social media, Theo. Did he just say he's gonna murder everyone on his team? Right. Because that was all over the place. Yeah. And Joe Tessitore did a good job. who was on the call at ABC immediately bringing up the John McKay quote, because I'm sure he knew that there was going to be backlash. Did he say he's going to murder his football team? But it still was a terrible, terrible joke. It was not delivered well. It's not funny either because Brian Kelly is still the same guy who is responsible for the death of a student assistant who went up in a lift 39 feet in the air in 30-mile-an-hour winds During a Notre Dame football practice that Brian Kelly decided that it was safe to have practice and put a kid up in a lift, and the kid died. So if you're going to make jokes about execution, like, fine. But Brian Kelly, probably not you. You probably shouldn't be the one making jokes about execution. It's
0: not good reading of the room. And and poor taste. And also, comedy's hard. You know, like, (laughs) everybody can't be a comedian. It's not for everyone, exactly. (laughs) And he stepped up to the plate, and like you said, he had it queued up in his mind. She asked the question that had mm. nothing to do with what he was about to say, but he mm. knew before she asked that question, he knew exactly what he was going to say.
1: So Brian Kelly taking a major, major L, but one of several coaches who took an L this weekend. Which college football coach took the biggest L in the first full weekend of the college football season? 888-760-3776. 760 3776 And on Twitter, at ESPN West Palm, which college football coach Took the biggest loss this weekend because now I want to bring to the table, I want to present to you Ed Orgeron, the head coach at LSU. So, LSU went into Southern California. They're looking to bounce back from a disappointing season a year ago. Ed Orgeron trying to restore the program to the national championship glory that it had two seasons ago. He's feeling feisty, he's feeling fiery. And so, he's walking in to the Rose Bowl. On uh, Saturday, in advance of this LSU UCLA matchup, and he gets heckled. He gets heckled by a UCLA fan who is wearing a UCLA powder blue shirt. This was Ed Orgeron's response to said fan. Hey, hey,
0: bring your ass on. Bring your ass on, you little sissy blue shirt.
1: Let's hear that one more time. This is Ed Orgeron threatening a fan who is wearing his sissy blue shirt.
0: Hey, hey! Bring your ass on! Bring your ass on, you little sissy
1: blue shirt. Uh, Ed. So Ed was feeling cocky. Ed was feeling like, all right, let's go, let's brawl. And then the game happened, and number sixteen LSU was dominated in really every respect by a suddenly relearned how to coach Chip Kelly, and UCLA rolled thirty-eight to twenty-seven. So UCLA has been trolling Ed Orgeron all weekend long. They have made. Uh sissy blue shirt t shirts. They've made it the header on Twitter. They have mocked LSU for that uh, that that gat dance that they did two the years. Get. Yep. yep. <laughs> they UCLA players mocking LSU players with at Orgeron's come down here with your sissy blue shirt. Uh over it. Uh, It has been a bad weekend for LSU. That is a major L. And when your coach comes in and starts trash-talking fans, and then your team gets trashed, Mm. that makes for a very bad
0: weekend. That's tough, because if you're going to engage a fan, you better be damn confident that your team's going to go out there and execute. Yeah, yeah. And he got caught on video doing it. Like, (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, man. But yeah, LSU was falling off. Last year was bad. This year might be even worse. What a way to start the year.
1: They did not look good at all. LSU looked real bad. But also... There's the Miami Hurricanes. Mm, don't do this to me. That was um that was as listless and as conservative a game plan as you could have ever dreamed of. I didn't think that there was going to be any realistic way that Miami would go into Atlanta and be flat. How is that possible? You spend weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks preparing for. Arguably the greatest opportunity of your football life. And I'm not saying that Miami would even be able to compete against Alabama. But the play calling was so embarrassingly vanilla. Mm. It's almost like they were afraid to even take a chance. Afraid to make a mistake. Manny Diaz had a team go in there that looked like it actually was not excited to play Alabama. And it flies in the face of everything I thought I knew about Manny Diaz and what I still thought about that Hurricanes program. Is Miami still going to compete for an ACC Coastal Championship? Absolutely. Was Saturday a damning indictment of Manny Diaz and his ability to prepare a team against a championship caliber college football program? It absolutely was. That was extremely poor. That was a massive loss, not from a a record standpoint, but from a how-it-looked perspective
0: for Manny Diaz. Definitely, and I'm a Canes fan, through and through. And when I saw us on, I think it was third and six on the opening drive for us, we're down seven. Alabama had drove it down the field with ease and scored. And we did a run play. Yep. On third and like six or seven. a little draw. We went in there with the idea of we don't want to get embarrassed. We want to be close enough to say that Miami might be back again. And yep. that was disheartening as a fan because I could tell that they weren't they had no belief that they could win that game. It was
1: just run, 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 yeah. run. I mean, I Brent Lashley, who has this reputation as speed it up, get tempo going. He's got Dierick King there. Oh my god. And it was it was like they were scared. It's like they didn't want to test Alabama's secondary. They let Alabama come out and just punch them over and over and over again and the offense never stayed on the field they didn't try and push anything there was nothing exotic there was very little motion it was listless yeah i cannot believe a miami hurricanes team went to atlanta and again they were going to get beat down
0: oh yeah they Either were going to get beaten down yeah
1: but it's so much more palatable if you at least go down swinging that was Oh, we're here. Let's just make sure that we get through these four quarters. And all right, well, let's get ready for Appalachian State next week. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I as, a, as a Hurricanes follower, that was, um, that was concerning because, again, you're not expecting to win, but you are expecting not even to compete, you're not expecting to stay within three scores. But there are better ways to do it than just playing scared. Playing to avoid injury.
0: Why do we schedule Bama anyways? Then if that was we, if you're gonna try the team out and do that, and also is Derek King healthy? Because all of those read options, it didn't even seem like he it looked like he was protecting holding. his body. Exactly. Yeah, they just, he just handed it off It yep. faked like he was. Like I, I was definitely. Hopefully, what they were doing, protecting the playbook. I mean, we got Michigan State in a couple weeks, whatever. We got North Carolina, who's gonna be a revenge game down the line. Hopefully, we show some more life in those games. Yeah. But don't schedule Bama week one if you're going to roll out and do that.
1: I mean, that was just, it, it was really, really, really uh, concerning. Again, because it didn't look like they were excited for that. They looked mm. tepid. They looked scared. Not the players necessarily, but the preparation, the play calling, the coaching, all of it was scared. That was a big loss for Manny Diaz. Which college football coach took the biggest L this weekend? 888 760 888 760 3776 and tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. Which college football coach took the biggest loss? Let's go to Twitter here at ESPN West Palm. Uh, and uh, we have uh, LM Sports Talk who tweets, It's easy, that's Randy Edsel. He lost his job. So, <laughs> UConn football, and we're not going to spend a lot of time ever in life talking about Yukon football, but that program is horrendous i mean absolutely horrendous they lose bad to holy cross 38 to 28 uh, an fcs school fresno state beat them down the week before uconn has become the sacrificial lamb of college football randy etzel who the last time uconn was even remotely relevant was the head coach left came back 63 years old announced after the holy cross loss I'm going to retire at the end of the season. That lasted about 10 hours because then he met with the athletic director and the university president, and they said, actually, no, you're going to retire now. <laughs> and so Randy Etzel is out of a job. He took a big loss this week, and his team is Horrendously bad. That program probably they should consider just scrapping the entire thing at this point. Nobody wants to play at UConn. Nobody wants to coach UConn. Nobody really cares about UConn football. Probably time to make some tough decisions. But Randy Edsel out of a job. I guess that's the ultimate Big L this weekend.
0: Yeah. And how do you recover a program like that in that area of the country? Like when it's such a laughingstock at this point? Like, is it recoverable? Do yeah. you just scrap it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it probably, you're not competing against
1: anybody at you're all. You're not getting good recruits at all. Mm. It's just, it's a, it's a, a fruitless uh, endeavor. Like, there's no way that they ever get back to anything serviceable. Uh, and then there's Mike Norvell, who I honestly believe, if he doesn't do this drama, big act, who's our quarterback leading up to kickoff against Notre Dame on Sunday, and ends up either picking a quarterback beforehand or picking the right quarterback, Mackenzie Milton. And I'm sorry, I, I know that Jordan Travis is a local guy, Benjamin, Benjamin guy, right? yeah. but he's not Mackenzie Milton. Even Mackenzie Milton with bionic knee, he's not Mackenzie Milton. Mm. He's just not. That guy is a winner. That guy can still make throws. And uh, I I just, Mike Norvell made the wrong decision I know that he tried to explain after the game that, oh, he he got better in a lot of areas and he had a really good fall camp. All right, but Mackenzie Milton has, has won the biggest games. If he can move, which it appears he still can, he has so much better of an arm, so much better accuracy than Jordan Travis does. Mike Norvell picked the wrong quarterback, and it showed in the fourth quarter. If he picks the right quarterback... Notre Dame probably gets upset in Tallahassee.
0: Yeah, that's a national championship winning quarterback. Yeah. McKenzie yeah Milton. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Ask him. Ask them. Yeah. And that was an uplifting moment. But past that, from a competitive standpoint, you think Notre Dame for four quarters is able to, to withstand the onslaught of McKenzie Milton, that arm, his ability to still move, get out of the pocket, make things happen? It, the whole game changed once he came in. You're down 18, and then McKenzie Milton starts to fire away.
0: He's the starting quarterback for Florida State. Oh yeah. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. He has to be. He earned the job there. He probably should have had it already, like you said. He earned the job there. Florida State still could have won that game. Uh Ryan Fitzgerald, the kicker, one of my guys, I covered him in high school. You know, he gets uh, you know, a little dramatic ending there, misses mm-hmm. that field goal. That's a and that's a chip shot for him. He made
1: the first one Yeah, and his coach called timeout, Mike Norvell, another L. Another L. In what was a Sunday of Ls for Florida State, but I guess if you're Florida State, you're reduced to feel good losses and I suppose that's a feel good loss
0: yeah. on Sunday. For a program like that. They 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 they're not the Florida State of the 90s and early 2000s. As
1: no. As well. yeah. No. They're they're like uh if right now If UConn was
0: a power five.
1: (laughs) It is Ken Levick alive, Theo Dorsey hanging out, uh, and uh, we are here until 1 o'clock. Which college football coach took the biggest loss this weekend? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Which college football coach took the biggest L this weekend? I say Brian Kelly with his poor attempt to pay homage to John McKay's execution of his team quote, except his delivery was god-awful. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. So you know how we were discussing the Edmonton Eskimos and the fan who uh, hit my ass with the vuvuzela after the CFL game. Uh, good note by Dr. Jim Reardon, the head of the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. I had forgotten this. The Ex- uh, Eskimos changed their name. They are now the Edmonton Elks. Mm. They're the Elks, and that happened a couple of seasons ago. Actually, uh, I am behind on my Canadian Football League. Uh, but speaking of Dr. Jim Reardon, the fau MBA Sport Management Program, that thing is rolling. In fact, we're going to get new college football rankings that come out today. Well, the equivalent to that is when Sports Business comes out with its Graduate Sports Business Program rankings every single year. And look who is moving up. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program is 19th ranked in the world. Nineteenth in the world right now. That's up from 30th last year. A huge, huge bump in the rankings, internationally renowned. It's why we say it when we talk about the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. They're number fourteen in the U.S. and number three here in the state of Florida. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program is downright elite. You can get into the sports industry. This is your path. It's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash Sport. That's fau.edu slash Sport. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Sign up for spring semester courses now on campus in Boca or online. That's fau.edu slash Sport. Our Florida College Football Funhouse. Our Florida College Football Whipperon. When we return, Theo Dorsey's here. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.